Welcome to Strictly From Nowhere, a podcast experiment brought to you by the fellas at Cause of a Kind. Each episode is by bootstrappers for bootstrappers, featuring stories, mistakes, successes, and even some comedy all around our lifelong friendship and the journey through standing up a software development and digital marketing agency. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Strictly From Nowhere. I'm your host, Justin Abrams, CEO and co-founder of Cause of a Kind, New York-based software development agency, partnering with some of the most recognizable brands on earth, helping them to navigate their digital transformation. As always, I'm joined by my dear friend and co-founder, Michael Rispoli, CTO of Cause of a Kind and uh, the development lead within our organization. And today, of course, as always, we're bringing on a special guest, uh, a dear friend of ours from years past um, and an individual who is pioneering in some unusual places today, Alex Benkendorf. Alex, thanks for joining us today, man. Um, you know, I think we know each other for quite some time, but nobody on our channel knows who you are. So tell us a little bit about yourself, man. Hey, awesome. Thanks for having me. Uh, yeah, so I also own a an agency. It's a, actually a branding agency for tech startups and uh, SaaS companies. Uh, and uh, we also do a pretty large amount of development uh, as well. After all, after branding, we want to develop uh, the actual solutions. And another thing, I'm also a, a large, uh, a, a huge fan of uh, the newer things like VR, NFTs, blockchain. And one of my projects is a web-based metaverse, actually, where teams can uh, assemble and uh, you can have you know, nice conversations and build through these spaces together. So. Yeah, truly the impactful technology of the future, you know, it, it's inevitable that um, a lot of your wheelhouse is going to become incredibly valuable to the consumer experience, not so far away. And, uh, you know, we have a pretty packed agenda for today. So we're going to jump right on into it. And, um, you know, you, you mentioned just now, Alex, the importance of, you know, brand identity, and you know how that's really going to position brands, people, um, it could be anything from adventures to new ideas and like what does branding and the role of branding play in the role of the consumer journey you know from from my perspective i'm a little different from from you and mike like my perspective is is purely from a search marketing background and like the idea of branding within search marketing um you know is is a quite an abstract concept it's a little bit different than you know, claiming the visual identity of an organization. It has to do with language. It has to do with best practice to be able to qualify for an algorithm, to make a decision about you and your brand um, that you almost have little control over. It's a little bit different when you're starting here at like the inception of a brand new way that people are interacting with each other. And I'm really interested to get your take on the intersection of branding and new frontier in the space of, you know, smart contracts, NFTs and blockchain, um, the availability of, you know, tokenomics and cryptocurrency. And where do you see branding playing a significant role in this, in this new void, we'll call it? 
I, I think tokenomics is a word I have not heard before this send moment. You documentation. <laughs> That's a great word, yeah. Wow. Well, there are several takes on branding in uh, any space. And I, I think the main word would be trust and uh, how trust is being generated. And uh, we'll talk later about blockchain and uh, smart contracts and how they technically can help generate more trust in the future. But the main thing, um, like branding for me, it's also about not just an identity of who your uh, entity, I don't know, <laughs> identity, ent uh, entity that you're trying to brand is as a perception of a certain type of a character to towards the uh, short trying to show towards the world but it's also the idea uh some kind of idea that you want to create as as a character so you're turning an idea into a character and you're trying to make this character trustworthy so um and and that's that's about that so uh if you mentioned the modern world of tokenization and uh this kind of thing, I think we have a lot of trust issues <laughs> right now, even mm -hmm. though uh, on the same, like, as I said, smart contracts are meant to create trust. But I don't want to mix that all into one spot, because what's really important for me personally in branding and branding of tech companies is that everything is very digitalized. Everything yeah. uh, in the market, it's very, uh, how to say it, it's, it's transactional. I mean, if you talk to a marketer, he would be talking to you about his CTA, like not just the CTAs, but the uh, all the numbers, ROIs, and yep. uh, uh, but not the about key performance indicators, key, the click-through yeah, rates, right? the click-rate optimization so, strategy. Exactly. Yeah, of course. Right. So marketing, it's about messaging, about about those numbers, about moving down the funnel. When branding is, in fact, how much how much of a character have you, like, is your character um, concise? Is your character tr trustworthy? Uh, is your character recognizable? And uh, what are the values that are trying to spread? And people, especially in the startup space, they don't think about that when it has been, well, if we switch to marketing language, that a branded product is way cheaper to market because it's a compet is really having thought about this things even in the beginning of, of your branding journey of, of a company or as a token or as a, any, any anything like how do i want to people to think about me like there are simply two questions like one of them is who i am deeply inside and i am as a character as a company as a product like, why am I creating this? What am I changing in this world? And the second question is, like, how do I want to be perceived? Like, where I am now, like how I am perceived now, how I want to be perceived. And the journey between these two is branding. So, yeah, it's, it's all, it sounds, sounds a bit vague, but re, in reality, like, if we go down to brand strategy and the actual actionable <laughs> items, we, we get the mixture, like, we add into this mix of marketing uh, some additional touch points. So we make sure these touch points, they all align with what we are creating. And yeah, the last idea like I wanted to share is I, I think about branding uh, uh, and marketing as the right, right and left side of the brain, really. 
So only uniting the two, these two, you can get this, you know, uh, meme when a, a brain is lighting up and magic happens. So, yeah. That's interesting. Do, when do you find, do you ever find that marketing and branding are at odds with one another? Where two departments, I suppose, you know, yeah, I think that would help people kind of start to understand a little bit of the difference, right? It's like, when, when do these two things actually start to clash a little bit? Uh, they well, they do. Once again, as I say, uh, they might be as as your like conscious and subconscious mind or left aside part of the brain. They're like one and should be should be aligned, but they're not always aligned. You know, like your feelings and your intellect, your like soul, or uh, they're not always aligned because marketers want usually they want the numbers to go up, and the brand people they should want. Uh, you know the the brand evaluation to go not just the brand like the the how people perceive the brand to go up so it's well, in my opinion it's a little bit of short short term versus long term kind of focus in terms of uh, the strategy of a company i i always find brand to be tough because it's it feels like it's the kind of thing that's harder to measure so you know the marketer always comes to the meeting and says I don't care what the brand is. The button's got to be pink because I can get all these clicks. Look at all these clicks I can get. And they can show you all these numbers. And the branding person's like, yeah, but it's damaging in a way that I can't show you to do that, to use the wrong color scheme. To, to, to It cheapens the brand, and so to speak. Uh, you know. And so I think that, that, like you said, I like the idea of left and right side because the marketer always has all these metrics. And the brands people don't have as many metrics, but it doesn't mean it's any less important, right? You know, I mean, when we think about brand too, it, it, sometimes we think we can control it, right? It's the story I want people to tell, but then there's the story that people actually tell, you know, like, um, I, I think that, um, I once did kind of, uh, I forget what company, you know, maybe I won't even mention the company name, but you know, the reality was they were the cheaper version of a much more popular company, but they hated hearing that in the meeting. <laughs> but I'm like, but that's what everybody says about you. <laughs> like that's so, so if that's a problem, they're like, but that's not the messaging we put out. I'm like, mm, but that is the messaging that's there. That's, that's kind of how people think of it. And so it's, it's sort of, um, it's really hard. So I think that that's the other thing, like marketers can juice the numbers, but I think once a brand story starts to go away, you don't want to, it's almost impossible to reverse because well, the, it lives in hearts and minds. It's decentralized. <laughs> well, you know, what really happens is that brands lose sight of the, like of the, of the core brand identity because they follow hype. You know, they try to jump on whatever trend train is immediately important to them. They all jump into different spaces, topics that, um, you know, are quote unquote clout chasing. And what ends up happening is that organizations don't keep their eyes on the road, right? Mike, we talk about that all the time. Like if you look at the wall while you're a race car driver, you're going to hit the wall. You got to keep your eyes looking forward on the road and brands are getting distracted. And it's easy to get distracted. You know, we're gonna keep this really focused today on like, you know, the NFT space is like a very easy one to to see distraction. There are 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 brand immature businesses that are chasing the NFT strategy. That is an opportunity 
potentially to get rich quick. I'm not sure. Like the goal. Well, I think it's another be, way yeah, to tell ahead. a story. I think that's. I think that. I think that people are seeing the, especially if you're a product company, right? We see Adidas doing this a little bit, right? Nike getting into into blockchain, crypto, NFTs. I think that for them, this is another way to deliver the message. You know, like, and you don't want to be left out of that, out of that conversation. Are very mature brands. We're talking yeah. immature brands, right? Like how many different discords have popped up in the last month for some type of new coin offering, some type of new metaverse opportunity, a new NFT piece of artwork. We're talking in the order of like tens of thousands, maybe hundreds of thousands of new mintable opportunities. And all of them are a little micro brand, which is interesting, I, yeah. right? <laughs> Yeah, it's quite interesting. Like Bored Ape and CryptoPunk. And, yeah, totally. but they're all a wrinkle of the same thing. That's the thing I don't get is like, does anybody, can anybody think of anything else other than like avatars? <laughs> like what the heck is going on in this, this space? This has to do with branding and marketing for what the value of that <laughs> item will be to your life. Have you ever seen Exit That's... Through the Gift Shop? What's no. that? You've never seen Exit Through the Gift Shop? I mean, I've oh, exited man. through plenty of gift shops. All right. Well, you should watch. It's, it's a Banksy. Well, I think Banksy <laughs> made the movie about um, a guy who filmed street artists who later became Mr. Brainwash. Oh, but dude, I, I, I have seen this. Yeah, of I, course I, you've seen it. Yeah. I haven't. Now I'm connected. Of you course. should see it. But all of his artwork was um, – he kind of did this big installation, but it was all – What's the word I'm looking for? But it was it was all just like very on its face, and he was, he the the film was almost making fun of him and and his art and like the way that he basically like just kind of tried to rip off things that he saw and piece them together. And he what he wasn't ba way. he wasn't Banksy, right? You know what I mean? Like you know Banksy, like you know I mean, come on, that auction where he just shredded the piece of artwork as soon as someone bought it. What an amazing piece of art that you know. So when I see like the potential, I've talked about this, of NFTs and metaverse and I'm looking at what people are putting out and I'm like, okay, like you're all just trying to get rich. There's no real artists here. Exactly. This, this is not anybody trying to like, nobody is moved to make the <laughs> thing that they're trying to make, right? Yeah. You know, like, and, and that's the, the piece of the, the NFT and art world that, that disappoints me right now is I feel like there's no passion for it other than... I just want to get on that TikTok channel where they show me a fan in a fancy car. <laughs> well, uh, there is some branding in that. Uh, and the branding to me like, is, is the connection to certain human needs and human values. And uh, like if you, let's say you're connecting, you're trying to connect to a story of a certain, of an each person. Even if you're a small brand, once he sees you, you're trying to connect to your story to his story. And what can he share in your story? And if he sees the opportunity to uh, to get rich fast, let's say, however cheesy that is, that is the brand. You know, that is the story, that, right? That that's is the story, <laughs> and that's what he sees. Like, okay, there there are some sleazy people who are trying to get rich fast. Maybe if I jump in real fast, I, and I will be the first to jump off the train. I will get rich fast, and that's the brand. That's the value. That's the story. That's and that's not. Well, it's we don't say if it's good or bad, but that's that's there. Oh yeah, it just is, and right? And it's, it's 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 that if it is uh, honest, you know, like what people don't tolerate is um, 
when you're saying one thing and you're behaving or is perceived differently, like brand, like a famous quote, if a branding is what they say about you when you exit the room. So mm. like, if you're trying to say one thing and you like, we are changing the world with my, our NFTs kind of stuff. And you really are perceived like a, you know, this hype kind of train people who are doing this thing just because it's hype. And because like, we expect you to, to resell, maybe you shouldn't be doing this. Maybe you say like, that is why our value value will be rising. This is why we expect the value to, to rise. So you can resell it in, you know, maybe. I, I I can I can see that I know that uh, yeah like we, we've talked about this the NFTs of today the, the like the crypto punk I, I think there's a place for them in the sense that they're a piece of history right um, that I think that becomes the long term value of some of these NFTs where it's like this is the very beginning but now you know I think we get into application yeah. and where it can really represent um, a real piece of digital a, a digital product that. You really, I don't want to say want to own, but like you actually like the product, you know, like that, that's what I'm thinking about. Like, <laughs> yeah, my take on that, like the, the first NFTs were kind of a meme economy. Mm -hmm. <laughs> okay, yes. Can, uh, it was like, you know, like it's, it's a meme. And it, if it's a meme, it gets some people attention and you, it, it's fun. Uh, and now the second part was people inherently they like to collect things they like to own mm. things and the more value there is to owning a certain item and rarity to it, the more i feel it raises my personal ego above others because i own this and you don't it's like pokemon cards that's what i think i think it's yeah. adults trading pokemon cards that's that's what i think and and when you get a guy who buys it for like five grand or five million I just imagine somebody who $5 million feels like $5 does to me buying that. It's not like they're literally telling you this thing is worth $5 million. It's just like, I have so much more money than that. I can get it. <laughs> yeah. There's, I've, there's a story, a colleague of mine, they were creating NFT collections and I think they earned several million from that or something or, or close several hundred thousand, probably a million, something like that. And, um, most like, 90% of success was because of the producers who were essentially branding and marketing the whole thing, creating hype, buying uh, reviews from influencers, you know, like spreading the word. So they had this idea that, and yeah, so it's not just about creating a product, it's about marketing that. And that's that what I said, you can create your own Pokemon collection, but you should first create the Pokemon background of the importance of a Pokemon, or first you have to become this NHL, or sorry, what are these leagues called with the, the cards in, so popular in the US? You first, first you have to create this idea of this league or sport right. or a Pokemon before you sell those cards. And that's, right. that's what most people are missing, I think. Yeah, well, that's the right, like a, a given Pokemon card, right? I guess rarity can create value, but also, I guess, in the game, if you play the game Pokemon cards or magic, let's say the, the cards have different powers that are, are good in the game, um, you know, so I, I, I am interested. I just feel, you know, I do think like the, the cool thing about the NFT piece, because I know I come down on it pretty hard sometimes, is that it's in its infancy. So it's only like with the first time I heard about Bitcoin was because people were using it on Silk Road, right? 
it was not a thing to be taken seriously, right? It was, you know, it, it seemed kind of weird. Now it's like, oh, you can actually use this on like online stores. You can, you know, um, you can use this stuff out in the world. There's the wallets. There's there's an evolution. It's it's definitely become mainstream, right? Stripe accepts it in their payment processors. I think PayPal accepts some either Bitcoin or Ethereum, or maybe both. But I, I think it took a long time to come out from under the brand of like a criminal underworld currency. <laughs> so, and, and, it, and it hasn't because it's uh, prohibited in a lot of countries. Yeah. Still. No, I could see, I could, I could see that for sure. Um, so it's quite interesting. And so that, that when I think about the NFT, when I think about the metaverse, I want to transition a little bit too, is like, and I've, I've told Justin about this, the idea of like an art installation that you experience in VR. And then you buy that, installation it's not a jpeg it's like a whole bunch of code maybe it's WebAssembly code right it's like like i i literally want to own this thing like i i feel like the future is so much bigger than oh a jpeg in a wallet on your phone it's like oh i'm gonna get to put on my headset and go into like my digital museum and experience all this artwork I bought the way that I would fill my house with beautiful artwork and sculptures. Um, and I like, they genuinely be things that I enjoyed and that the people that I knew could come in and enjoy, you know, with a Oculus or whatever. Like I, I I'm picturing sort of like a, I guess it's maybe a skeuomorphic kind of thing where like the, the physical world meets the metaverse, but I think that's kind of the beauty of it. Maybe it's even, um, like uh, augmented reality where I actually have these things hanging on my walls that like appear through some glasses that you wear when you come in my house, you know, like I I'm always curious about what is, you know, I, I want to see the value come out from under purely speculation, trading, that kind of thing. Well, one of the pro projects I was referring to was the crystals projects. It's fairly popular. It has a, a, a Yes, uh, an artist from Singapore and a Russian designer uh, uniting together. So when you sell a crystal, it grows and it's uh, it's a lot of code and it looks visually aesthetically pleasing. Um, and yeah, yeah, you can Google crystals, NFT crystals or something like this. And um, I don't remember the actual name. Anyway, so uh, you have to really like what I see now in NFTs. So there should, should, certainly should be a lot of value beyond the actual just the the picture of all the objects so some core code and this code probably will be growing to the kind of code that changes over time even so it's like kind of an object is evolving um, and that's what a lot of uh, trending nft resellers are trying to create something that would evolve and gain value with an interest basically and attention with the involvement but frankly i have i yet i've yet to see something that is however peculiar that is in NFT space would be still not something, you know, besides like an art object or a speculation object. Like I haven't seen yet anything. And this is what bothers me with uh, the blockchain, like not in general with cryptocurrencies is that like people are just burning electricity, burning fuel instead of, you know, doing the same amount of, um, the same amount of uh, compute, computing power to, you know, to solve, let's say, 
huge problems. DNA, <laughs> to solve DNA yeah. issues or something like this. Like that would be the cryptocurrency I would value because in the modern world and the, our, our generation, generation that's coming after us is valuing purpose above everything else. That's where brands are becoming even more important, especially in this part of the world where we don't survive uh, anymore or hope, hopefully everyone who listens to that uh, have something to eat. So... I, I can totally agree. Yeah, that's another thing that gets me, right? People are like, oh, it costs about $400 in gas to make one NFT. And I think to myself, like, how long I'd have to drive my car to spend $400 in gas. You know, I, I mean, I think I could make it all the way to California right now. <laughs> <laughs> right? Like, I, I, you know, I, I, it would be... Um, it's an absurd amount of gas to, to spend on something like this. And, and so one of the interesting cryptocurrencies that I always have, have, I have looked at is um, Cardano. It's ADA on the on train on, on the uh, Coinbase. And I like the mission of an environmentally friendly um, cryptocurrency NFT uh, platform, um, if you will. They they're kind of working on this idea of proof of stake versus proof of work, which would greatly reduce the cost of minting these things. That, that being said, you know, there's detractors all over the place, Alex. You know, we, we, we've seen that, that, you know, some people don't think it can ever happen. Um, but it seems like they have a very strong team. They have a really, really good technology. Um, and so there's some very smart people working there. And I think that like, that needs to be on people's mind, you know, like, because uh, it, it's very easy. I, I think someone even told us too, sometimes you like mint an NFT and it just like dies halfway through and like you lose the money for the gas of like minting it. Like it doesn't, yeah, like th there's like situations like where that can happen. Um, so, you know, and going to like, if you follow Gary V, I think a lot of people probably do you know his kind of thing is we should be looking at this nft game as like a 10-year play like like as a like you got to go long with it because there's going to be a lot of loss in it and it, 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 we have yet to see where it's going to shake out i mean it would be quite funny if it shook out to nothing right <laughs> <laughs> it's already in history it's already like where people cre like use their brain uh, like focus their attention it's all already something uh, to to better or worse, that's debatable. And like, what's what's annoying? It's artificial scarcity that stands be behind all of it. So there is enough things in this world that are naturally scarce, like, but they are physical. So and, and you cannot own <laughs> all land in the world, but you can like cr digitally create your own world. And by using marketing and branding means to create this feeling of scarcity because it uh, it applies to the human psychology. And that's like currently what it is. So the one that can prove that what they are doing is actually really extremely useful and propels the society forward and, and humanity forward, uh, not just in terms of the bubble that you can resell that and, you know, and, and gain more money, which is okay, I guess, but in other ways that, that would be a game changer. And that's what some of the metaverses I think are trying to kind of achieve you know like because they're trying yeah. to emu emulate the scarcity of the real world in the scarcity of the metaverse in terms of items that you have to own and not just duplicate yeah you know a lot of uh a lot of these nfts 
are really leveraging like the utility that they provide back to the owner. And like, I think that comes back to like branding core values and, you know, how does the production of that NFT, um, open up as a resource to the, to the owners of it or the supporters of that community. You know, there's a really interesting, there's probably hundreds of them, but I, I can't be a student of every single one. So I'll give you one that I have my eye on, which is actually being curated by a, a dear friend of mine. Um, it's called crypto docs. And what's interesting about crypto docs is while the artwork is going to be beautiful and, you know, artwork, we all know what that's like currently in the NFT space. The purpose of the round of NFT to mint all of that is to raise capital to be able to bring a, a, a feature to life, right? So CryptoDocs was created by industry professionals that are doctors and that are trying to solve and break a barrier um, in a decentralized way, right? Create a two-sided platform connecting participants um, in the biopharma space, organic medicine and manufacturing space, med tech, fid tech. Uh, big tech, like academia, all sorts of different ways that like this NFT, hopefully successful, is actually going to contribute to supporting, uh, you know, an already, um, an already very competitive, very disruptive industry. So some of these different projects have like incredibly strong utility that like ultimately we're utilizing this to like raise around. It's, it's, it is the new version of public funding of it's truly taking your business yeah. or your project or your person public. This is the, well, the, the new the, type of crowdsource. It, and well, that's why, uh, what, what's their name is doing this now. Um, Kickstarter, they're they're trying to convert, yeah. but this is not new. There there were these ICOs, you know, yep. five years ago or something like that, and uh, they were a little big. Eighty percent were scam, <laughs> and then it all turned into right. And so, I think you, you right. So this crypto docs is 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 interesting because it's like a rebranding of the ICO, ICO to, into, to, yeah. to NFT because One if you time, say yeah. ICO right now everyone's like whoa yeah, so rip off <laughs> that's 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 how I've been thinking about the crypto market like the coins are essentially shares uh, shares that you just claim yourself yep. that these are our shares and we have a limited number of them and you can create some but whatever and uh, I and NFTs are essentially not just a share but a, a share. Like one each, each like they are separated into like speci more specific objects, but they are essentially the same. You are buying a thing that can be resold, um, and it, they are buying into your idea. So it, it's 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 really a good idea. I, I wonder where they, what kind of success they would have. Because um, another thing, like the last thing that I wanted to say about the crypto market is, I'm not sure. Maybe you can like that's a question. Uh, I feel in the, the crypto market is fueled by the crypto millionaires who don't uh, the, the the price of money for them is so low they 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 can actually you know play around investing into virtual dogs and mm -hmm. whatever so you're, That's everyone what is like saying, right? is is jumping to their um, tr trying to jump uh, to their like what what's the musical instrument is named. <laughs> So, so everyone is trying to get their attention of these spoiled crypto punks, that's, uh, kind of, yeah. and they're trying to attract their personal attention. And they call that's, them whales. 
Uh, that's uh, well. Well, the fi- like you like I was saying, it's the person who five million dollars is like five dollars to them, right? Yeah, like but it, they're, they're but they're not crow whales. They're crypto whales. They're the people that got their yep. their uh, th- their money from some operation that that are inherently not not from the real world. Or let's say um, they just invested into Bitcoin or whatever on Ethereum or Ethereum, and they got and they don't value their money because they mm-hmm. cannot really also put their money anywhere else because it's really hard to you know to just extract fifty million dollars from the cryptocurrencies anywhere <laughs> really so they all they have left is to continue playing and have fun and enjoy their numbers growing so that's yeah. why everyone in nft and crypto space is trying to attract their attention of people who don't value money who don't value real things who value growth but you, i may be wrong like what do you think well that I, I do i think a lot for a lot of people right now i think it's thrilling it's a lot like gambling because like you said, like, you know, if I if I get $50 million in a crypto tomorrow, like my first immediate thought is, let me get this in the S&P 500 now. Like, let me get let me get off the roulette table because that 50 million could go right to zero, like super quick. Um, and, you know, we, I've watched my own crypto holdings up and down, up and down. Right. I, I But I don't I've never been I've never invested more than I'm willing to lose. And I guess some people say they always invest that way. But nowadays, right, you kind of have to invest everything. You can't put all your money in savings. Nobody's making any money in savings anymore. The CDs are worthless. You know, like there's it, it's what people are doing is, you know, they do more secure investments. But what I kind of see is like I am starting to see like um, hedge funds and investment firms try to create a crypto fund. And I imagine they're desiring stability. They're not looking to be like, yeah, I got you in Dogecoin, made you a hundred million dollars on Wednesday, lost it all by Friday. <laughs> you know, like that's not, that's not a great story to tell your client. You know, I, I think yeah. they're looking for a way to find where that curve. What is the S and P five hundred of crypto assets? It's probably like Bitcoin and Ethereum right now, and a little little blend of other higher risk uh, coins in there. But it would actually be. Do? investing in coinbase or binance or ftx exchange like that would be your s p but like who's your tesla stock or your apple stock that's going to be your bitcoin well, or your Ethereum. I-, I will bet you that coinbase releases a blended fund soon i i could imagine that's on their on their roadmap to be like the va- be like somebody has to be the vanguard of crypto right where it's mm-hmm. like hey i'm not gonna buy i'm not gonna pick and choose like when i invest i use betterment i don't pick and choose individual stocks i let betterment's algorithms handle that for me i would love that kind of situation where like coinbase has like a you know maybe they you know maybe i'm just not using it right maybe that's what people are gonna comment they're like that's already there dude like <laughs> you know where i'm like listen i just want to be in the crypto fund and it I'm doesn't keep- exist we can build it that's that is correct. <laughs> I, I'm gonna keep I'm gonna keep throwing money at it, and but I know that it kind of always goes up. It goes up and down, but it's like the S and P, where it's like, if I'm not looking to withdraw right now, this is a great long term place. You know, crypto will never. I mean, it hasn't been around long enough, like the stock market. So I, I'm sure you know there's always a higher risk, but I would imagine for some time there is. You know, we run some algorithms on this stuff. You could find a nice blend of coins that would yield you a nice steady income. Maybe instead of the traditional 10%, you could make 15 to 20% on your money or something like mm. that, which is like 
nice. You're not going to be a millionaire in a year, but you're going to feel pretty good by the, you know, in a few years. So that's my thinking is there's a lot, again, a lot of utility there. Yeah, like I I like that in every market you get uh, the fractals of of the, um, like you you got innovators, you got early adopters, you get the chars and you get, and then you have the early, early, um, majority so uh, and in and the crypto market is still as a whole in the you know like uh, innovators and early adopters of course but within that you can go deeper and you know like you can go to popular things like bitcoin ethereum and some of the things but there are so many things where innovative innovators can also like so it like segregates into levels i'd say so it's well, that and that's and that I think that it's easy to, um, you know, t- some. I guess maybe the word could be like jealousy, right? Like you <laughs> see somebody who made fifty million dollars for doing nothing, right? Like, you know, you see it like a young person put some amount of money into a coin, they've made you know, however millions and millions of dollars. But you know, the thing that I always try and keep in mind is, and for people who are like looking at this industry, like, man, I wish that would happen, is that person probably will lose all of that the same way. Like the same thing that drove them to put their last thousand dollars down on Dogecoin is going to be the thing that drives them to put that whole $50 million down on the Dogecoin that didn't work. Yeah. They will lose. It's, it's like a lifetime gambler, right? Nobody, the house always wins, but you only hear about the one time they went to Vegas and walked away with a ton of money. You don't hear about how they went to Atlantic City the following weekend That's... and blew and lost it all again. So I think that in this in this realm, you know, that's where I want to kind of stay away from that, like that the hype side of the, the industry, because I don't think that's where the puck is going. And I there's you will lose more times than you win doing that. So as a business where I'm trying to build a sustainable business and I have employees that rely on me, I'm not about to go take all my business funds and like dump them into an NFT project. But I am looking for what is what's something like I said, this um I think that this is uh the the coin that you mentioned, Justin, I think is kind of interesting, right? The crypto docs where I'm not trying to ride just a wave. I'm I'm actually investing in a valuable thing, a thing I believe in. Um, I think that's why Cardano appealed to me, right? It's like it's not so much the coin. I just believe in what they're trying to do. Um, you know, it's very clear. Like an environmental focus for me is 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 something that I think is a noble is a noble thing. Um, I think Bitcoin doesn't have the same brand to me, actually. It's kind of tainted a little bit. Maybe I'm tainted by that movie, The Social Network, and knowing those two twins were behind it, right? And it just kind of, it rubs me the wrong way. The whole thing, you know, Bitcoin itself rubs me the wrong way. You know, it's, <laughs> that's, maybe that the whole movie is fake. Oh, no, I have Bitcoin. <laughs> I, I, no, no. Don't get me see, wrong. I'm okay since 2010? Yeah, I didn't purchase it when you could only purchase it on Silk Road or when that was like the way to obtain it. You know, um, I did know someone that, that bought it then. Um, but that person had a had rich family, right? So when, they kind of they were able to do that. At, at what Bitcoin price did you get in, Mike? <clears throat> Oh, for me, it was it was really high. I actually went into Ethereum because so I got in like once I I got into Bitcoin when Ethereum broke out. I got into Ethereum not at the very beginning, but it was probably between fifty and eighty dollars somewhere in that in that realm. 
um, because I liked the idea of um, logic being included in the product. So I, 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 I very clearly saw the value. I said, oh, this is better than Bitcoin. You know, Bitcoin was merely a currency. Ethereum is a platform. And so that's why I invested in it. And here we are today. It's very, you know, but now everybody's talking about Ethereum, you know, like, but going back all those years ago, there was, Bitcoin was all the rage, right? But it really, I felt like the utility of Bitcoin was very limited. Um, I do still feel like the government was probably gearing to squash, you know, like, I just didn't think it could overcome all the things that it needed to, right? Like people like, oh, it'll, it'll free us from government economies. I was like, that machine's been in motion for a long time. Like, I, I do not think you're going to, like, beat the Fed with decentralized currency. And, and you know, maybe in countries where cu the currency is super volatile, but I, I don't think that we're going to see, like, the U.S. dollar get knocked off by Bitcoin like, in my lifetime, maybe in two lifetimes. I don't know. I don't think it's going to happen in my lifetime. But I do see Ethereum being huge. I, I think that that – I think that – the idea of a platform that can be used in more than one place is, is important. I also think the idea of a global currency, right? Like U.S. dollar, U.S. dollar really kind of sets the global economic system. But is there a currency that sets the global economic system? And it the could US be dollar. U.S. dollar. Yeah, it could be US something dollar. That, right. Yeah. It could be a decentralized motion, though. It's possible that it doesn't even exist today. Well, you know, stablecoin, we right? That, like, this mm -hmm. is another big project. Like, you know, I think stablecoin is huge. Like, you know, Justin, we talked about a few projects where the project doesn't make sense if the value of the asset can drop day to day. Like, you right. you need the uh, you need a coin that's like, hey, it's a dollar. You know, like Tether. it's worth one dollar. Yeah, the, the one that's uh, attached to the dollar. But it saddens me that besides Ethereum, uh, like Bitcoin and Ethereum, the third one that is on everyone's minds uh, and it's like the most hype one is dodgy coin <laughs> you know like meme economy once again it's just for the fun of or it the because, shiba. Uh, because yeah that's <clears throat> everyone was like get into shiba hey it, I'm, I'm, I'm not aware can you tell me a story briefly oh, shiba shiba? Inu. you can go become a crypto billionaire right now for like 200 bucks it's the greatest thing ever no it's another it's another meme asset you know it's like a volatile coin Actually, it's like doing pretty okay over like the last two years, but it really honestly is part of the Doge generation. Mm. I'm not really too sure of like the applicable utility. I don't really know too many projects. I know of collaborations across meme coins and like, you know, then you get back to like raising capital and who knows what they're going to do with it. I'm not really sure. I'm not going to speak to it. I definitely own too much shiba inu just because it's dumb cheap <laughs> but wait why hits, are we not why are you not a billionaire <laughs> if it hits i might be but you know that's like where you have money to throw away and like you want to put it on something silly and you know you never know how i, I just haven't become a student of that particular coin as much so as like you know the cardano for example right because it just meets the needs of our mission and you know i don't think shiba inu and like meme meme state is really going to to get the job done for us as as you know an engineering house but it's just leaving some money know. on the roulette table you know you played a few numbers maybe you hit maybe you don't you know uh Those are the best nights in vegas buddy i i just always remember <laughs> though I, I you know i well what do i say i say getting rich is rare right getting rich is rare it's yeah. not if it was easy and everybody could do it the value of being rich would immediately be you'd all kind of the baseline keeps moving up right There's you know no like magic if every 
everybody makes a million dollars in the whole world on Shiba Inu tomorrow, <laughs> that's only buying you what you have today because the whole world can't let yeah, everybody get exactly. a exactly. That's, that's not new. <laughs> like the people who got rich because they got in first, they put in their own personal risk of, of this thing versus all other things that they could have gone with. And the people that are coming after them, you know, that they're just trying, trying to follow the trend and the people coming up to them and the NFTs, like once again, the successful projects I have to be successful, they worked a lot. And that was still pretty high risk, high reward kind of thing. But they still like what I was saying is, let's say four months of full time job of a team of programmers, marketers, uh, like best minds of their like generation as such to win oh, like to create this NFT project that would earn them actual uh, pretty hefty income. But well, doesn't that remind it something? Yeah, work. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so that's like what everyone is. Okay. This is high, high risk, still high word, uh, high risk, high reward. And it's fueled by the generation that is, you know, going into meme coins, but still, uh, like if you're not the first one, it's still, it's, or if you want to be, go first and get rich quick, okay, go into extremely high risk, extremely high reward kind of thing, but it's still, don't forget about the extremely high risk part. So uh, I, I think the app right now, the average blockchain engineer is going to make more than the average NFT holder. So if you really want to know where to invest, invest in learning how to build the technology. <laughs> you, so, you sound old and boring, Mike. Well, the, yeah, the, the, well, like the, a solidity engineer gets paid very well. I, I do see the job postings now, which is so funny, where people are like, yeah, we want experienced Web3 people. I'm like. I think there's only, I don't think there are like really experienced web But that people. is amazing, you know, like it's amazing. Yeah. Like uh, 10 years ago and like 20 years ago, I was thinking, oh my God, the world changed so fast. So many new, uh, new ways, new, new kind of uh, engineering, not just engineering, but so many new types of um, skill, uh, sets skills, sk skill sets appear that, you know, that can be used in the market. So many new things. And I was thinking that that would be, static but no that continued to change and there are like every year there's a new kind of hype it was every couple of years it's it a little the, the the waves are becoming even higher and faster even in this regard so you can jump to nfts and then you can jump to blockchain like blockchain nfts vr vr a, a, a time ago and now it's metaverse kind of things like meta like ev every company is hiring metaverse officers right now chief virtual officers this is crazy like who would have thought that this what is, is that? Cyberpunk, <laughs> yeah, what is? cyberpunk kind of things yeah like all huge companies they don't know but they like investing in this and well, like I, I, I want a person with 20 years of metaverse experience on my team, please. Can I, can I, mint, can I just like mint myself and then you, then like companies can just bid, right? <laughs> oh, actually I quit. Somebody else just decided to pay me more yesterday. <laughs> just like, like, that's yeah. it. You so you should moving. interesting just, use of the smart contract, you know? Right. Right. Enjoy, like, yeah. Ride the waves and enjoy the ride. So don't, that's, well, isn't it easy to forget to like um, anytime I watch one of these kind of old movies about like Steve Jobs building the Macintosh or the iPhone or the early days of the Internet, there's like a show Halt and Catch Fire that's like them building like the early computer and, and each season they kind of like go through these kind of revolutions that really happened. And it's so easy to sit here and think like, oh, well, it stinks like we missed all of that. 
it's all gone. But really, like you said, you're in a wave. It's just bigger. And the reason I kind of like to approach it in, in a sense like a skeptic, because I think that a lot of the people who I think are super into this space, they're really hyped up. They're super excited. They're looking at where everybody is right now. But the thing that's going to make it big, nobody's thought of yet. It's still in the metaverse, so to speak, right? Yet, if you believe everything's already been discovered, right? Of all, of all time has already been existent, right? Somewhere in the ether is the big idea, the big application for crypto. And uh, and not just the, there's more than one. I don't think it's, I just don't think we've hit it yet. But I think a lot of people are spending a lot of time and attention trying to figure that out. Like, I, I think that, um, you know, you see a lot of the big VC firms investing kind of in projects that, are a little bit theoretical because those you just need to get groups of really smart people together <clears throat> and get them thinking about this stuff in different ways and exciting ways. And outside of how do I get really rich, just how do I build, create a massive utility? I think that's the, <clears throat> there's a couple of ways, right? Getting rich from being, high, taking a high risk position. But there's also <clears throat> the idea of building something that helps the most people, right? Um, I think there's a classic kind of um, the analogy, right? Like why does the doctor only get paid this much for a surgery and the baseball player get paid this much for hitting a ball? Well, more people pay to watch the baseball player than the surgeon. I bet you a surgeon that wanted to do surgery on TV probably make pretty good money too if, if the patient agreed to it. You know, like it, it's sort of like, I think that there's the idea of like so creating massive utility massive enjoyment for people is another kind of is a is a more consistent pathway i would say as opposed to like trying to just ride risk so i'm super into you know like like your product what i what i think is cool about what you're trying to do for the metaverse is you're trying to make it easier for remote organizations so you're using the vehicle of the metaverse to provide utility which is what did we lose when we all went remote well, we, we lost interpersonal relations. We lost the ability to tap each other on the shoulder. I talk to Justin all the time. Our junior engineers suffer immensely from not being able to ask questions and not being able to just sit with somebody and learn from them. And that's 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 that's, that's a pretty big loss in remote cultures. Um, I think senior engineers are loving it, right? They're, they're doing their thing. They're living at home and you know, they're able to, to create a lot of, um, a lot of uh, personal value out of their lives with their families. But if you're kind of new to a field, this is still a really tough thing. Or if you're just an extroverted person, this is a really difficult thing too. Yeah, well, it's, um, it's well, by the way, like our project, a few words <laughs> about that, it's not about just about teams and team culture, which by the way is really like, I just talked to a friend of mine who's a junior developer. <laughs> he was trying to, cry out to senior developers that don't give him enough uh, information. So this is very real, but the, the, what I, I think is lacking in the uh, universal communication, it's, it's also focused on uh, just, you know, dopamine in, inducing attention, let's put it this way, and not uh, the fulfillment of the human needs. Uh, you know, like in terms of like culturally, like creating, helping, help to create communities, help to create culture to support it, to help get the feeling of 
purpose and things like that. So these are the things I, I'd like personally to explore trying to recreate in the virtual environment versus the usual social culture, which is very, you know, political in a way. Yeah. Well, um, you know, fellas, as we, as we come to an end here, uh, you know, there's really the best thing to do is to really roll out the red carpet for you, Alex. We'd love to hear what you've got going on, where people can find you. Um, and ultimately, uh, maybe a prediction for the short term future for whatever you're working on. <laughs> well, there are a few things like uh, one of the trends I can see is there are some companies, of course, that and there always would be that are creating projects just for the hype, just for, for those people that who value uh, j just the numbers and, you know, like be the first one to jump on and the first one to jump off, but there are other companies and I can see a lot of them coming, uh, especially a way that try to connect the digital world to humanity and human needs and uh, trying to make this work together and be genuine about that uh, and generate this as a sort of, uh, as, a, as a trust, as, as a way to create communities that actually help. And it's not just words. I mean, I, I really see that happening. Uh, Genuinely, so people of our generation, the generation after us, are coming to these huge companies and are trying to transform those companies into the new ways of of being purposeful, of generating trust, and like making tech more human. This is this is my mission, and I think even uh, like if we're talking about the cyberpunk type of thing happening, like evil corporation of the future, you know, like taking all humanity from humans i can see both things are happening at once i can see that technology is be trying to become more human and uh, i wish for that thing to generate more interest and income <laughs> than everything else so that there would be more investment coming into that and that's actually that's actually my my prediction i can see a lot of i'm i'm like i can see a lot of people coming into this world, trying to, 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 you know, to change like their, like the pioneers opening new lands, try to, people tr creating products and, you know, that really help. So that, yeah. that is my take. Very good take. Couldn't be more aligned with the cause of a kind mission. You know, we, we kind of specialize and focus really on, you know, social economical problems and the environment. That's kind of really like what we just believe in here as a company ethos, but yeah, man, Great mission. Um, Alex, thanks for always being a friend of Cause of a Kind, and thanks for joining us on the episode today. Mike, thank you, as always, for participating in the conversation. And uh, take care, everybody. Peace out. Thanks.